0: So I'm like overly optimistic person, corny in a lot of ways. Oh good, you got a clock up here. Um, and uh, I woke up this morning, I saw was one degree out, and I thought, yes, I'm going to see 100% improvement today, and you are too. That's the message of today. You're going to see 100% improvement when it goes to two degrees. And so you'll walk out of here being 100% better, um, I'm sure of it. So uh, one, one of the things about people is you have introverts, you have extroverts, and probably a lot in between. Uh, I tend to lean on that extrovert side. And it might have been Gene Inman, I think it was Gene Inman, uh, who introduced the book Quiet to me to help me understand introverted people. And introverted people normally make your best speakers that 's who you want coming up here because they actually prepare, they think through what they're gonna say, uh, they 're going to say you know they, they care about every detail. You get an extroverted person up here and they just we're just we 're just going with it we 're just, we're just winging it and so I brought all this stuff, and I have no idea if i 'll use any of this stuff. Um, I was looking at all this stuff this week and getting so excited to be up here, and the process, the, the journey, is what, that's the most fun. And so, thanks, Rusty, for inviting some of us up here to do it, because it really is, it's that process of the, of the last couple of weeks. Even just thinking about the message and what it's meant to me is really huge, uh, it was two thousand three that I started working for a, a really tall guy and a couple other fellows and um, for like five years I would hear things from this person and and would normally sound like this well who told you that? well don't give me any excuses who who told you that and, and I thought this person was nuts <laughs> I mean when he would say this kind of stuff I thought. I do not understand what you are telling me. And so, uh, has anyone been here five years? Is this your fifth year? Does anybody know how long you've been coming? Um, I ask that because for me, it was 2008. 2008 when I thought, you know what? I've heard uh, uh, who told you that for five years. I'm going to go figure out what the heck he's talking about. And so, unbeknownst to my friend, I, I ordered this, this Bible study right here. And if you guys have been through this, you can't go through it enough. It's so, it, it, it's never ending. You, you're learning new things all the time. If you haven't been through this, really my hope for today is that you walk away encouraged to just get in the Bible. And that's one of the things that this study did for me. And this study doesn't have to be the one, but what this study did is it gave me the opportunity to go through the entire Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and to see how it works together. And it was just, it was a blast. It was a wonderful season of my life. Um, Hard to believe that that was back in 2008. I think it was a gift to me at that time, because at that time, the business I'm in was rather stressful, and so uh, this, this was, was freedom. It was like I had this pleasant distraction, not to get too consumed with what was going on uh, uh, with the business that we were in. So anyway, this is what we're going to be talking about today, and, and we'll get into Romans chapter 3, but I also brought this. This is uh, 35 years still cooking. This is a cookbook. I don't think I've ever opened it. I don't know. Um, Happy Valentine's Day from Mom and Dad, 2005. How about that? So this was from my mom and dad. And this is a cookbook, the Westminster Presbyterian Cookbook. And you had no choice. None of you get that? I just came up with that. (laughs) Anybody get that? Keith, you get that? Thank you. Hey, oh, Phil, good, good. Matt, thanks, guys. See, I went to a Reformed church, and so, like, you know, frozen chosen, so you had no choice. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, But anyway, um, there are some cookies in here that are called the, what is it called, the Gryll? The Gryll family favorite. And we love the Gryll family favorite cookies. And... The benefit of me going to this church was community. It was also where I learned about the Lord, but the main thing was the community. I got to see men who would come to me and say, hey, Doug, how was your soccer game? Or they would take interest in me. And so there was this community of people that was just unreal. And and that community still goes on today. I mean, we see some goofy Facebook Videos of you know vacation Bible schools in the past and stuff like that, and so as I was sitting over here um, listening to you guys play this morning, it was nice to hear some electric guitar. I, I I love music, and I really like an electric guitar. I really like power chords. Maybe next time, but um, but the community that we have is it's just different, and you know, we we had music playing here that was just refreshing, it was wonderful. Um, I mean, one of those songs, I think it I heard Evan Rood and Deer Stan. I mean, how great is that? And so it, I, I saw you guys all talking with each other and greeting each other. Um, we weren't really quiet while the music was going on. Um, it was just refreshing. And you are so important. You know, God, he, he had this magnificent plan for you and for your life to be free. And we, we get to live that out here. And we, I got to see that just sitting down, listening to the music, and seeing you guys be free. That, that can't happen in many places because you're, <laughs> you have to be orderly. But here we get to be free. And that all starts, I believe, with this message that we're working on. This message that we're working on uh, is, is about grace. And my dad told me a long time ago that, you know, grace is a great acronym for God's riches at Christ's expense. And so this, this thing we're getting into with Romans 1, 2, 3, and then next week, 4, these, these chapters are critical They're critical because we have this grace-filled life that these chapters talk about the wrath and the wrath of God. And that's something that you don't hear about very often, the wrath of God. And the wrath of God, it came because stuff wasn't right. And he lays it out. And really, at the end of the day... um, We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Even when Jesus came and he was on the earth and he started his public ministry, he would ramp up the law. Hey, sell your possessions. I can't do that. I know you can't do that. But just follow me. And that's what this life is about, is following Jesus. So um, (laughs) I got one more funny thing. Uh, So you guys see how huge this Bible is? (laughs) A few years ago, uh, Keith and I ordered some books, and um, I I don't know if I was on Amazon too late at night or something, but like, have you ever ordered something from Amazon and it showed up and wasn't quite what you were looking for? (laughs) I got this huge Bible, and it's King James, and so I I I, I think I just clicked on like, yeah, I'll buy that Bible. And um, there's probably a drop-down that had some other details on there. So anyway, I, um, I, our internet was down, and and I couldn't find my Bible, and this is the only Bible I could find. And so I started to work on this message in King James. So, uh, sound guys, we're not going to go King James. I'm just, I just thought it was funny. And so, uh, anyway, let's let's get into Romans chapter three here. And if you can, go to your internet machine or if you have your Bible, that's, that's great. Anybody have any Jewish friends? I got a couple. I wish I had more Jewish friends. Jewish people are really cool people. This chapter has to deal with our Jewish friends. And I think I think for a lot of us, we could probably just go ahead and substitute maybe all your friends in this chapter. Uh, morals change all the time. Morals are always moving around, and uh, a lot of people think they're right and uh, they may be for the times, that might be what's accepted, but God never changes. And that's, that's what we're going to get into here. So think about that as we're rolling through chapter three. Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect. Great in every respect. Well, one of those respects is the fraternity that the Jews have together. They have this friendship. They've got this camaraderie. It's more than a cookbook. I mean, they've they've been around a long time. They've suffered. Um, The humor of Jewish people is tremendous. And so they've got this, this amazing camaraderie together. So it is great in every respect. But first of all, they were entrusted with the oracles of God. The oracles of God. Does anybody know about the oracles of God? Oracle is just, a, I think, a cool word. But the oracles of God. You had God come communicate in a fashion that he had never done before. And he he showed up for the Jewish people like this. Uh, Can you imagine if um, that amplifier all of a sudden burst into flames and it didn't burn up? or a cloud followed you on the way home, or a fire or a pillar directed you somewhere. I mean, this is God communicating with people. This, this is even more amazing than creation. He hovered over the waters. I mean, that was pretty amazing. But the fact that he chose to come and say, I'm going to directly have communication with you. That's what he did. And the Jewish people had that. Nobody else had that. And so, yes, it's great in every way because they had that type of communication with with God. What then, if some did not believe, their unbelief will will nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? May it never be. Rather, let God be found true and every man be found a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your own words and prevail when judged. And so the Jewish people at the time, they had these great words from God, they had their action plan, they had their morals, they had their game plan, if you do this, it equals that. But what they didn't have was this just longing for the hope, longing for the hope of the future where God would come and he would talk to them in a way that they had never been spoken to before. And that's what makes this this part of our lives so amazing is because we have that spirit who is interceding for us all day long. You know, Scott, your, your family going through all kinds of challenges right now, you're not alone. There's a a lot of families who are going through tough times. And just to think through that there is hope, there's hope for us. The spirit intercedes with groans that are too deep for man's words. To think that that type of spirit is for us, it's powerful, it's game-changing, it can skip steps. Whereas, you know, Prior to that, we just the Jews, they, they didn't have that type of hope. Verse 5. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I'm speaking in human terms. May it never be, for otherwise, how will, my God, how will God judge the world? But if through my life the truth of God is abounded to his glory, who am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we have slanderously reported as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Their condemnation is just. And so um, th- this, this type of argument was going back and forth, basically saying, hey, Paul, you know, you're know, you're basically saying you can do anything you want. And you can. I think it was Matt who introduced this thought to me at a Starbucks one day, and you've probably heard him say it, is in Christ, you have a new want to. You have a bias. Yes, you have some patterns in your flesh and habits of doing some things, but deep down who you are, you have a new want to. You have a new desire. And so even though you're free, you just don't want to do those things. And that's such, a, that's such a, a great gift to know that, yeah, you, you can do whatever you want, but, but your new want to is, is what's driving you. And so like to think that uh, evil could make good more clear or, or better is just, just a crazy thing because if that were the case... You would just, you would have evil making good. Well, where did that, where does that lead you? That leads you that God, he couldn't even, he couldn't even say, all right, I'll let uh, Steve over here slide this one time because I know Steve, he he didn't mean to do it. No, he he had to judge the whole world. He had to judge the whole world to stay true, to stay himself, to stay absolute truth. And so uh, this this story is about, There once being good in the garden, and then the wrath of God, and then good again. It's not evil good, it's good, evil, good. Uh, Verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already changed our charge that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin, as it is written there is, no, there is no righteousness, no, not even one. There is none who understand. There are none who seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is no one who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave with their tongues and their deceiving, their poison of asps under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I've wondered, like, when I read this, if, I mean, that was true then? That's true now? Was that true 50 years ago? Was that true 100 years ago? I, I, it just, it, it see, when you read that, I see so much of 2021, And I'm sure that's been the case. You know, a hundred years ago, someone was probably reading this thinking the exact same thing. And that's true because not much changes. Not much changes, and God definitely doesn't change. And so this message was for those people then, and it's for us right now. For you, if you've been redeemed in Christ, you are free from this what you're looking forward to is being reminded of the powerful truths that are going to come in the next few chapters. In the next few chapters, what you're going to learn and what you're going to see and be able to take away are two humongous things. Number one, you're going to see how you can recognize who the evil one is. The power of sin. The first sin that happened in the garden, I always thought, was a verb. And through this study and just walking through several different verses in the Bible, it's my opinion that that first sin was actually a noun. And that noun was crawling around, waiting to deceive and devour and to whisper lies. And so that noun, just like maybe 50 years ago, was there. That noun is there today, and, and you think about, well, how, how could they do this or that? How, how, could they, how could they actually break these laws? How could they do it? Well, that that, that, noun, that noun puts some thoughts out there for us to think about, and when those are grabbed on, they just, they, they just don't look good. And so for you to recognize that noun, to recognize, hey, where's that thought coming from? Who told you that? Now you have a fighting chance. You have a fighting chance because you know you know the opponent. You know the voice. You know the power that that voice can have. You've had a, maybe a history of experience with that. But now you know that voice and you know the path that it can lead you down. And you also know the voice of righteousness and the voice of truth. And that's what I see in here, which is, which is so refreshing. Many people have walked through this battle, this battle where maybe they've had to process a thought or a pattern that they've bit onto their whole lives, and you now have some weapons that you can do things differently in your life. And so uh, this message, this message is, is good because it points us back to the reason why the good news had to come in the first place. Uh, the good news had to come in the first place because it was bad. It was really bad out there, and so we needed a savior from it. You know, the Jews today—I don't know how the Jews do sacrifices and stuff. I don't—I don't think they're—I don't think—I don't think they're, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're uh, doing things like they used to. Um, but but Jesus Christ, He was that ultimate sacrifice for us, and it had to be that way because He was pure. He was the only one who was righteous, and that righteousness at his death that empty tomb the resurrection at faith that righteousness is now yours and can you imagine some of the really smart guys you know and you know like augustus or martin luther when they came across this they started to see yeah okay i am i am righteous i'm righteous i'm righteous not by anything i'm doing I'm righteous by what God did for me, and what he did for you, you're righteous, and that righteousness, it's like instant justification, and, and we're going to get into more of that in chapter 5. We touch on that later in, in this chapter, but, but this justification, this righteousness, this is you now, and when I get to see you guys acting that out like we did this morning, It's just such a freeing and amazing thing. We don't have to go back to the priest. Hey, it's me again. I I know I was just here an hour ago, um, but I'm coming back because on the way home, you know, or whatever it is, um, or, you know, at at communion. Uh, I I can remember when I was in college, they would do communion where I went to college. And uh, I, I would always like... Kind of just beat myself up the whole time, just sitting there, just thinking of every possible sin I ever was a part of, and uh, for the last day, the last year, the last you know whatever, and and I'd just be there confessing it and kind of thinking, uh, okay, I'm probably the last one here now. I can get up and and go um, take communion, and I'm okay now. Well, no, like today, if we did communion today, I would hope that you guys would sprint up here. I would hope that you just leap up out of your chair because of the righteousness that you have in Christ. And that's something different. That is something completely unique. This whole story from Genesis to Revelation really dances well together. And this, this section where we talk about, you know, even the Jews, they thought they were right with God On a few different occasions, they had the law, sons of Abraham, circumcision. But to be right with God, it's so simple that it's missed. And that simpleness is faith. And when I think about faith, I I think it was Billy Graham who explained it this way. And I really love how he explained it is um, you can't see wind. Wind is invisible but you can see the effect of wind. And faith is like that. Can I say, hey, here's, here's faith, Chad. Let me show you what faith is. No, but you can see the effect of faith. And you can see that in your own lives when you get these promptings that are from the Lord. This idea. And you think about it, and you go do it, and you, you just have a blast with it. It's amazing. You look back and you're like, I can't believe that even happened. I got to be a part of that. Well, that's that's the benefits of faith. That's the benefits of having the Holy Spirit in your lives. Uh, Verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. And so the whole point of the law, if you want to just have a great time reading Leviticus tonight or uh, you know, going back and checking some of this stuff out, the whole point of it is to be your schoolmaster. I think I picked that one up from this big one, the King James. I think they call it the, the schoolmaster in, the, in that one, or your tutor that's what the law does. Is it is is the law gets you there by saying I can't do it. I can't do it. I was part of a a great banquet once and this guy stood up and goes, I broke all 10 commandments. And when he did, I remember everybody's like, "Whoa. Okay, this ought to be interesting." And if you think about it, I mean that that really is a statement, right? That really is. Um but but what Paul's saying here is, is nobody's righteous. You break one, you break them all. And so we're all lumped in this group. And what's great about this is really, for one of the first times, non-Jews are now lumped in. We're, we're part of this message now. And we're part of this good news that's about to be delivered to us. Whereas before... It was the cloud, it was the pillar, it was the uh, bush uh, being directed. God was talking to the, to the Jews, his people. Hey, we're, we're now in on this. And so no one is righteous, not even one. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. And through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So the Ten Commandments, the law, Genesis through... Is it Leviticus, the Mosaic law? That stuff's all good. That stuff is really good. It's good because it helps you see who you're not. And it's this humbleness. It's this humbleness that points us to faith in Christ. And when you have faith in Christ, don't go back there. Don't go back there anymore. Don't live in that space of trying to uh, be this great moral man or good person or whatever. Don't sweat that stuff. Don't sweat the benchmarks. Walk by faith. Hear the Lord. Hear what He's telling you. This Spirit is amazing. He communicates. He communicates through the Word, makes it clear. He communicates when you've when you got the ev- and Rude and you're in the deer stand— I mean, he, he communicates, and so don't go back. That's, that's not where you live anymore. The grace that you have in your life supersedes that. Be thankful for it. Be thankful for where you've been. Be thankful for, for what has God has done for you, but today, where you live, if you are in Christ, is a completely different place. Verse 21. But now, apart from the law... The righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. So this little light of mine, John 3:16, came for the world, Jews, Gentiles, the guy in Africa, the guy in Nova Scotia, I mean, he came for everybody. And that was a huge deal, because prior to this, when we started off, the Jews, they, just, they, they were the ones that had communication. But now this communication is for everyone. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I used to have this friend, uh, his name's Dr. Bill. And uh, Dr. Bill was getting a little older. And I, I called him one day. I said, what are you working on? He said, uh, he, he was a painter. He's like, uh, I'm trying to think how I'm gonna paint the glory of God. And uh, I've thought about that. He never painted it. Uh, but I've thought about that so many times. What does the glory of God look like? The glory of God, you can see it manifested in different ways. The big picture will be completely worth the wait. But the glory of God that you get to see is when you see someone else who has the Spirit of God inside of them and you get to hear from them and maybe you're encouraged by them the glory of god might be you enjoying his word, transformed by his word, refreshed by his word, and might be resting by his word. This is the other benefit that is coming to us in the next few chapters. Is resting in who God is. He's the only priest to have sat down and he's still seated today. His work was done. And so whatever you have going on in your life, your flesh, you might be going 100 miles an hour, your mind might be racing, but take heart and rest rest in God. See the glory of God through just doing absolutely nothing. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is Jesus Christ, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because the forbearance of God he had passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier, the one who has faith in Jesus." And so God was just in what he did. He was just in bringing himself, Christ, down to this earth. Perfect perfection to become sin on our behalf. That wrath of God, can't even imagine it. That wrath of God was poured out. That wrath of God that should have been poured on any of us was poured out on Jesus Christ. And that wrath of God is never anything that a Christ follower will have to deal with. That wrath of God you are free from because you are righteous. When you go home later today and you see your kids or you see your wife or you see your husband or you see some other Christian and they might not behave in the way that you think you would like them to, just remember you're looking at a righteous person right there. And that'll keep you moving forward. It might even drive you nuts sometimes, but uh, but it'll keep you moving forward. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law or works? No, but by a law of faith. For we have maintained that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since indeed God who would justify the circumcised by the faith and uncircumcised through this through faith is one. Do we then nullify the, the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. And so... We had the law. The law was our schoolmaster. It pointed out that we need a Savior, that we can't do it on our own. Our achievements, they're not going to be good enough. You know, we could try and get better and better. We could take a law and we could um, make new laws based on that law just to keep us from not breaking the original one. But it's still not good enough your behavior is not the deal. Your behavior is not the deal anymore. If you are in Christ, if your loved one is in Christ, you, their behavior is, is not the deal. Who they are, that, that's where it is. And so you keep focusing. You keep focusing on the power of God that he can do things for this righteous person that can just completely blow your mind. And so as we look back and we think about it, think about my cookbook. I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. Maybe you didn't grow up in any. If you were Baptist, Catholic, you're Reformed. Even then, if you had faith, if you have faith, you are the righteousness of God through Christ. All your friends out there, they're righteous brothers, they're righteous sisters. You don't have to get too worked up with what they're doing or thinking, but you can you can if prompted by the Lord encourage them along the way. You can be there for them. You can walk through life with them. And when you show up with them, you can just listen. Because the pressure's off, the pressure's off. You 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 don't have to change anybody, because that's what Christ has already done and is doing, even in the chaos of 2021, and He's going to do do it for the generations in the future too. So anyway, let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for Paul. I thank you that um, I thank you that you met him. It's not like he was seeking after you. But once you met him, he sought after you every second of his life. I thank you for those here who know you. I pray that they seek you. I pray that as they seek you, that you bless them. I pray that you bless them with rest. If they're in a season of battle... Lord, I pray that you bless them with the knowledge of that battle. Lord, I thank you that you do intercede for us with groans that are too deep for man to express. I thank you that you've hovered over the waters. I thank you that you spoke with the thief on the cross and said, you're going to be with me in paradise. I thank you you that you just skip steps. Lord, thank you for grafting us into your family. Thank you for our Jewish brothers. Lord, we pray that your enlightenment of faith will fall upon them. And God, I just want to thank you so much for the promise that was spoken through the prophets that came, that has been delivered, and gives us a reason to go forward today. And in Jesus' name, amen.